Soren Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brayden, and as always, I am joined by that mountain of a pineapple, Alan Pena. Alan, how are we doing this morning? Actually, I'm doing pretty good. It's just, as I mentioned, nothing new is going on with me. It's just same old. The routine is the same. I can't complain about that, so it's been pretty good. Like, I can't complain. Well, that's always good news, right? Yep. Yeah, not being, uh, not complaining is always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It always yeah, be I worse, it seems. That. So, but yeah, Alan, it's going to be a great day in terms of sports conversation for us. You know, major trade in the NBA happened last night. We got some big, fun MLB news we're going to cover today. And, uh... Just covering those international players that are making headlines. And I think, uh, busy road again. I think that's, you know, what this is all about. That's what we do. And it's important that we highlight these guys when, especially when they're doing amazing things. Yes, it is. And we, and as usual, they keep doing it again. As usual. Yeah, and I mean, it's fantastic when you think about it with how they're doing amazing with all these things. And guys, we're going to be talking, I think we'll start off today by talking about baseball, which of as many of you know, it shouldn't be a surprise at this point that, you know, baseball is my, my, my sport. I'm the baseball guru here. Alan, you know, he's he helps a lot with baseball content. And... Uh, you know, he's the basketball soccer guru. I'm the baseball hockey guru, and it's great. It works out great. But we got big news in baseball today. Alan, we have a player flirting. That's right, flirting with 400. Oh, yes. Now, yes, he has. Now, Alan, why is this such a big deal in the baseball world? Well, the last guy to actually hit 400. It's none other than Ted Williams. And to hit that much during the regular season and ending at 400 is perhaps one of the best things you could do. It's like, it's like you could say it's almost like you're, 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 you've had 3,000 hits for your career, which, no, which that guarantees you a spot in the Hall of Fame. No questions about that. But hitting 400, that's tough to do. Like, the whole season, like, to hit that is you either got to be the best hitter or hitting, you got to be consistent. Like, I'm not saying, oh, you have to get a hit every time, which is kind of like it, but it's just, it's tough to do considering pitching you have to deal with and all the stuff that goes into hitting it. Like, it's, it's tough to do, so that's why it's a big deal when you hit or you're close to averaging 400 as a batting average. 
Right. And, you know, it needs to be said, this has happened. This hasn't happened where it's been like this in. 28, 29 years. Um, and the last guy to actually flirt with it as good as, you know, Luis Arias is doing was Tony Gwynn, Mr. Padre. And what was Tony Gwynn known for? He wasn't known for, you know, blast um, power. He wasn't known for the home runs. He was known for getting you that triple, that double, that single, whatever you needed. He was known for contact hitting. And basically, that's what you got to do in order to hit 400 in today's game, Alan. And like you said, he's getting a hit every time he steps up to that plate. And we're 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 witnessing history, not a, let alone baseball history, but we're also witnessing international scope of baseball history. Where the last player to do it was Tony Gwynn, who was from America. Now we're watching a Venezuelan flirt with 400 in a way that we haven't really seen. And six months into a season, he's been right there. You know, he's been on pace to get it. And just four, three days ago, he hit, he went five for five, you know, and that's about what you got to do, like you mentioned, Alan, to keep this pace. Yeah, and and the thing with that, like, which which is amazing with, with what Luis Arres is doing is the Marlins are winning as well. Like, they're not, they're not like in the cellar like they've been in the past years. They're winning games and. And they're like, I'm. They probably won't win the NL East, but as far as getting into the wild card, I could see that being a possibility. And so, it's not taking away the team's success, which is the beauty of it. And he he knows it, and he's come out of nowhere, pretty much. Last year, he was an all star with the Marlins. I think this year, like. He should be an all-star this year because of what he's doing. I think he can keep this going. And what Luis is doing is remarkable. As I mentioned, he came out of nowhere from Minnesota, and he's blossoming into an all-star. And I think now they they found the guy who can get you that hit. Uh, could it be that Tony Gwynn for the Marlins? We'll, ha- we'll have to see. But for him to do that this season – and I think it's going to set the tone for what the Marlins as a team will become. Like, it's great that he's doing that. Absolutely. Like, I would like to see him end with 400. But when you combine that with team effort that the Marlins are putting in, especially when you have a Cy Young winner and Sandy Alcantara, another player from the Dominican Republic, I think you, you just found your cornerstones right there with those two and it's just showing how much the Marlins have grown as well as the franchise and and probably they may be the only team that might give Atlanta a battle in their division just because other than Philly but right now this is the Marlins and Luis Ares and he he's really doing this while the team is also having success as well. And that, that is fantastic, right? And so, now, ever since MLB changed the postseason rules, it, it, it confuses the living hell out of me, Alan. I had to just Google how the wild card round works. Because <laughs> I'm looking at yeah, the standings right here. I and so, it. from what? Because I needed a refresher, right? And so, 
from what I understand, right now we have San Francisco, Miami, and the Dodgers are taking those three wild card spots. I believe there's three. From what I've been able to figure out, there's three, yes, there three, three spots, and I don't know. Well, we can talk more about how that works. But they're also six games back from Atlanta. Now, six games in baseball is not that hard to pick back up. You know, it, it, just, it just depends on how the games work. And th- I think the struggle with hitting 400 for Luis Arias is the simple fact, Alan, that what, how will he keep this up after the All-Star break? Because after the All-Star break is where mm-hmm. we see players start to kind of struggle with this kind of momentum that they're having, this flirtation they're having with the 400 benchmark. You know, but here's also the thing, you know, Luis Arias, he's got that foundation already. He, he's, he's hitting great. You know, I was hoping we, I can find some sound here for, for him. Maybe I, I'll, I'll look for it. Um, I'll see what I can do while we're recording here, Alan. But here's the key is he is doing wonderful things on, on, the, the diamond, something we haven't seen since Tony Gwynn and Charlie Blackman was flirting f- with 400 for a little bit at the start of the, the 60 game bubble season. And so we haven't seen this in a while and that's fantastic. Oh yeah, it, it is. And you mentioned that I forgot about that, that second half of the season where everybody either explodes or implodes. Funny that that rhymes. Funny. But that's just the truth of it. And our hope is he keeps it going. He does have the foundation. You mentioned it. Yes, he does. I couldn't agree more on that. Can he keep this going? And also, can the Marlins keep this going? That's the thing. And and I think they probably will. They just need to make probably a move to strengthen their a little bit of their bullpen. Their bullpen is still good but it could be strengthened. So can you keep this going? This is going to be something interesting to watch. I think this has been the story of baseball so far, other than what's going on with the probably the best prospect in Eli de la Cruz, the, the, another Dominican who the Reds have been killing it, which we'll get into them later. But they, he has, Luis has been terrific and, can you keep this going as the summer progresses? We're going to find out. But we can't wait for that. We're going to find out. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I believe I found a highlight reel of uh, Luis Arias' five-hit game from Tuesday. And we're, I think we should listen to it. Here we go. the middle there's a base hit Paul how many times have you sent right back at you <laughs> I know I got, I got to expand the vocabulary here you know it's so fun I was watching uh, Luis Arias take batting practice today and he, he was doing a little drill he does with John Birdie who's positioned out at third base at the time and he sits there in BP and hits him probably four or five shots <laughs> one hoppers in a row so you might as well be comfortable 
Uh, let's see. What am I going to say this time? <laughs> Scorched into center. <laughs> Rios in a, in a friendly way. So he's two for two at the top of the third here. This is, or bottom of the third, excuse me. They're playing the Blue Jays. And uh, he just went two for two. Obviously, we can hear the announcers talk, trying to figure out how to announce this. And the bottom of the fourth, he goes three for three. does so well. You see him do that in batting practice time after time. It's all about the routine and the practice. Here we go, bottom of the six. Well, he's going to have himself a four-hit day again. You've got to be kidding me. Chance for another five. Anyway, so he, he, he literally just went five for five in plate appearances. And in a home game against the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays have been up and down all season with their pitching. So, But going five for five is still a great achievement. And Tuesday, he was back at 400. He's now at .398, Alan, which is amazing. And it's still crazy to me how all this is working. Yeah, it has. Like, it's just terrific. But like, a lot of times, like I know I didn't play the game or baseball like you did. But what, what, I've, found, what I've seen is sometimes when you're hitting that well, it could be one or two things. Probably one has to do with the batting stance a little bit, or another one is the change of approach to the plate. Where, where a lot of times you want to hit like every, almost every batter that I've known wants to hit for power. You, am I right or wrong in that regard? I, I honestly think it really depends. In today's game, almost every batter in, that hits, that wants to hit the ball, wants to hit hit the dingers. He want they want to hit the the bombs. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, but the, my ahead. approach at the plate was always more of of balance. Of let's just hit the ball, put the ball in play. You never know what can happen when you put the ball in play. So. I don't know if that would make me more of a contact hitter versus power hitter, but I always felt contact, just make contact. You never know what's going to happen, you know? And I think that's what Luis Arias is doing this season is he's just making contact. He is, he's bring, reinvigorating the game. In a way, he's doing what Nikola Jokic has done with the big, big man in the NBA, but he's bringing back contact hitting. And now the last true contact hitter you can say we really had in the game was maybe Derek Jeter. Maybe, or Ichiro. You could argue either one was the most well-known contact hitter that we've last seen. Mm -hmm. Everyone else since then has just been hit for power. You know, just, just hit it out of the ballpark. That's why we had the three true outcomes. You know, either it's a home run, a strikeout, or a walk. That's, that's what baseball has kind of become. But when you put the ball in play, the game, especially with the pitch clock, the game goes faster. You see more exciting plays, and you have stuff like what's going on in Miami with Luis Arias. And stuff like that is what makes the game exciting, and that's what everyone needs to realize is he's hitting home runs, sure, but more often than not, he's just putting the ball in play. And because of the shift not being a thing now, that's also why we're seeing this 400 mm -hmm. flirtation yeah. here. You know, the, the rules around the shift have changed, which they needed to. The shift had gotten way too out of hand. Yeah, but, not what you say. That could we see this again? 
next season. Now that we don't have the shift, now that batters are getting reacclimated, since I think that's a that's proper to say reacclimated to no shift. Is it possible that we could see that again instead of waiting thirty years? We could see it maybe next season or in two or three seasons. Because I th- I believe it can. I believe it. I want to say we can, but here's the weird. Here's the thing, Alan. We got to remember hitting the baseball is probably the hardest to, thing to do in mm-hmm. all the sports. That, that is true. Yes, um, that is true. There's the only other thing that you could argue is the hardest thing to do in all the sports is winning the Stanley Cup. Those are probably the two hardest things to do in all of sports is hit a baseball, especially at the speeds the pill is thrown at in today's game. You know, the eye barely has half a millisecond really to figure out if and register in your brain if it's a ball or a strike with how fast these balls are being thrown. And in that half a second, you have to decide to swing or not. It, 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 it gets intense. And, you know, that's why the players that make it to MLB are the best of the best in the world. And that's why, you know, even if they don't make the Hall of Fame, they can still say, I was one of the best in the world because I made it to the MLB. Yeah. You know? And everyone has a different skill set. Mike Trout is probably one of the most, the best five-tool player we have in the league right now. He's got it all. He's got the defense, the contact, the power, you know, the speed. He's got everything you need for a good five-tool player. That's why everyone is in love with Mike Trout. Pete Alonso, he's got a really great power tool. You know, Shohei Otani, he's got it all in terms of everything you want from a two-way player. He's got the hitting. He's got he can hit for contact. He can for, hit for power. He can field. You know he can. He can the way he throws the pill, Alan. It's something I've never seen before. It's the way he does it. I just it's hard to describe. And he's going on another tear this season. We'll talk about Shohei probably next week <laughs> as we get into the dog days of summer with baseball being the ma- only major active sport right now. But hitting four hundred is is let alone hitting as well as Luis Arias is doing, is still the hardest thing to do in all the sports. And so the, there's a reason why we haven't seen it in 30 years, and it's not just the shift. You know, we've had talented players. You know, if it wasn't, to, I would say Ichiro was probably, after Tony Gwynn, was the best contact hitter we've seen in all of baseball since Tony Gwynn. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he never... He had a really good average throughout his career. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, his career batting average is .311. So he had a .311 batting average, which is really, really, really good. And he had over 3,000 hits. So, like, and he was one of the best contact hitters we've seen since Tony Gwynn. So... It's still, and he would probably have had the best chance to do it. So for Luis Arias to do what he's doing, at the level he's doing it, is probably the most impressive thing we'll see in all the sports this year. And if he doesn't win MVP, if he gets 400, I'm going to throw a riot. Because I don't know how you don't give the NL MVP to a man who just won the 400 title. Well, if he doesn't, okay. That's where I said, okay, when you're accomplished like that, okay, give him the MVP. So I probably won't throw a riot, but I'll be like, he just accomplished something that we have not seen in 30 years. 
But then also it could be what if someone else does it again? So it's going to be very interesting what happens afterwards. But I'm not going to talk about if Tisha win MVP or not. Me, it's like, how often do we see this? Right. Not we don't lot, see it very right? often. And who cares if someone does it again? You're not necessarily setting a precedent for if you hit 400, you get the MVP by if he does it. But because we haven't seen it in 40, or excuse me, 30 years of baseball, that's why if he gets it, or if he gets the mark, he gets the MVP because we haven't seen it in 30 years. If someone does it next season, that's fine. They don't, it's not like we, it's not necessarily, you're not setting a precedent of giving that person the MVP, but it's because of the history surrounding what Luis Arias is doing that Mm -hmm leads to me saying if he doesn't get the MVP I'll throw a riot because if he gets it you know and Tony Tony Gwynn to his credit when he did it he was three hits shy of hitting the 400 mark he just needed three hits and for him not to get three hits says a lot about the pitching around him in that time frame oh yeah and so that all being said Luis Arias is doing something we haven't seen in baseball in 30 years Alan and the fact that it's a not it's a, an international player who is on a team that used to be a laughing stock of MLB. That's just fantastic. It's helping Miami realize they need to invest in this team. It's bringing a culture back of winning. Now, of all the expansion teams from the late nine, early nineties to two thousands, only two of them have won the commissioner's trophy, Arizona diamondbacks and the Miami Marlins, who I believe have won it twice. Oh, yeah, they have. The Rockies haven't done it, and to my knowledge, while the Rays have been in the World Series a few times, they haven't won it. That's correct. So, of the four expansion teams from the last time the league expanded from 93 to about 2000, you know, only two of those four teams have done it. You know, and all four teams are in the NL. That's another topic, but... To have this expansion team with a history of success, to be brought back forth into this limelight with a successful hitting person, a batter who is flirting with 400, that is phenomenal. Let alone the fact that it's something we can highlight here because he's international and he's making headlines. That's what we love to do, and we love to bring that highlight into here. And he's becoming a Venezuelan hero overnight. Oh, yeah, he is. And he's not the only one. No. In, in that regard. You also got Ronald Cunha Jr., who has been killing it for the Braves and is a possible NL MVP candidate. So that's another one that another Venezuelan player that has been doing outstanding things. So either Venezuela right now is just getting a lot of headlines and, and good headlines. Out on the diamond, so like outstanding. Like I, I, I have no what's the word? I have no words to say on that in that regard. Right, and you know he's <laughs> not hitting Acuna Jr. He's not hitting as well as Arias, but he's still hitting really good. He has, as of today, he has a three twenty three average, which isn't that bad. And I think he's playing right now, so he has a chance to either make that worse or better. But he's. He's up there, and if he can just get some things together, we might see two players this season flirt with 400, depending on how well Acuna Jr. is doing. But that's not taken away from anything Arias is doing. 
it's more of a compliment to say these Venezuelan players are doing wonderful things in MLB. You know, Cargo, you know, Carlos Gonzalez was fantastic. You know, we're seeing it again now with Acuna Jr. and who's bringing pizzazz, if you will, into the sport of baseball. And we're seeing it right now with Luis Arias and, and the Miami Marlins. And, Alan, that just gets me excited to talk baseball is when we see oh, these yeah. guys do fantastic things. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more on what you just said. But honestly, Alan, do you think he gets it? I think that's the question we have to answer before we move on from I, this topic. I would say yes. I do want to see that. But I, when that happened, like I said, I'm 30 years old, so I probably was about six months by the time Tony Gwynn was close. Or actually seven months. Tony Gwynn so, was doing that in 94. So. Oh, okay. I was a year. I was a year old. So I would love to see it happen. I would. Will it be tough? It will be tough. But I would say he's going to pull it off. I do too. And and here's the best part. Like, we haven't seen anyone close to this since about the 94 when the strike happened. And that's fantastic. And you can't, you can't beat that. You really can't. And the only reason he probably didn't is... Is what short is the strike of ninety four happened, and that's probably what you know limited Tony Gwynn there is, and why he came up three hits shy was that strike, you know you if, so so MLB Players Association do not strike this again. Everyone in baseball will revolt. <laughs> P public service announcement. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> you know and. And I too, I honestly think he's going to do it. Let's let's play those air horns loud and proud. I have no reason why he shouldn't do it, other than the All Star break kind of taking away his momentum a little bit. Yeah, but I think he can do it. I believe so. Oh, I have no doubt. And you know, I, we, Alan, you and I could sit here and talk about this all day, but we also have some major NBA news that happened last night that we really should mention before, you know, we we end our discussion here today. Yes. And pretty much my team that I root for, that I, that other than, like, we ask for my priorities, like, it's, my wife is up there, family, and faith as well. And then you can add the Boston Celtics. And they just added, in a trade, they just added Kristaps Porzingis. He's from Latvia. He was playing in, with the Wizards in Washington. He's going to Boston. They had to give up Marcus Smart. He's going to Memphis, who he was the heart and soul of that team. Like, playing defense, like, aggressive and all. And Washington, they're pretty much resetting the button. Like, they're going to get uh, Tyus Jones, a backup point guard, and two guys from the Celtics, Danilo Gallinari from Italy, who didn't play last year because of an ACL, and Mike Muscala, two guys off the bench. But don't forget, the Celtics will also get the 25th pick in tonight's NBA draft, 
and a first round pick that the Grizzlies got from the war from the Warriors. So Chris Taps, I that new scenery is good for him. I am super excited. Super, super excited that he's coming to Boston. Some we could argue next time, oh, if, how much they give up. No, which that won't be necessary. But I would say this. This is a term, and I told you this off the record, and I'm going to keep it on the record. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. I think this is pretty much saying, hey, if we're going to, we're going to make the finals. We're, Denver's going to be there. We need to match it. And who better than Chris Stapps? And this is a guy who will give them perimeter shots. He can also give mid-range. And his defense is pretty good. I'm not saying he's going to be like blocking shots everywhere. But as far as keeping his ground, I think this is where Joker and Porzingis, if they meet up in the finals, I think we better get our popcorns ready because I'm telling you, like, um, if these two meet up, I think we're going to have ourselves a series. I think now the Celtics have what it what it takes to match up Denver. Now, we're going to see what happens in the East. We're going to see what Milwaukee with Giannis will do since Chris Middleton is opting out and will become a free agent. So, We'll see what Philadelphia does. What, how they're going to surround and beat. We're going to find out. But Chris Stapps coming to Boston, I'm very excited. I am. Yeah, and, you know, I don't see why you shouldn't be. You know, he's – if it wasn't for the Wizards, he probably would be a lot more well-known than he really already is. You know, you, you texted me, Celtics are getting this guy, and I'm like, I said, Who? You're, you're like, we're getting this guy. And I'm like, who? And you're like, the Celtics. And I was like, no, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, did you see of his highlights a little bit? Yeah, I've seen, you know, he. from what I've seen, he's a great player. And I honestly think if it wasn't for the team he was on, he would be a little more well-known, you know. And and that's just the downside of playing in a, a mid to small market is sometimes you're just not as well-known unless you're doing phenomenal things like Nikola Jokic is, like with the Denver Nuggets you know, that rises you above what that, you know, your market size. Excuse me. But that does, it, that's not anything against, you know, mid to small markets or even, you know, Christoph Pozingas here. It's just more about the fact that sometimes you get so involved with your team and you get so involved with following them. Sometimes it makes it harder to follow the wider league. But you also don't always know, under, know all these big players on these other teams because of that. And that's more of my fault, really. But even then, like, you know, the Washington Wizards are, are not always something we talk about on this podcast because they haven't really been doing much for us to talk f- about yeah, of them. exactly. And then also with Kristaps, look, he was in Dallas with Luka. So I got to see some of the dynamics considering that I live from, from Dallas. So it was a little bit like it kind of dimmed him a little bit just because they were like, oh, that's going to be the duo for the future. And it didn't work out. Now I think this is a good start for him in Boston. And and look, the thing that he can do, like he came in the NBA known as the unicorn. We got another unicorn that's going to be drafted number one from France and Victor Wembayama. So for 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 Kristaps, this is his opportunity. And then also there's a likelihood that he might stay in Boston. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas if that's the case, it's going to be a plus plus, and this is his op- this is their opportunity. Their their message is very clear. You know how Boston is. We're about championships. You don't see division titles hanging up on those rafters. You see seventeen banners. They have another space for eighteen, and that's the message right now. And I do and I do believe that the Celtics are not done as reconfiguring the roster they still they got tonight's draft and then free agency starts in the first the first of july so they got time to figure this out but as far as porzingis my message Brady, and i'm going to say it again we're coming for you <laughs> we're coming for you and you know I'm talking you know we'll have to wait and see and it's not oh, yeah, guaranteed the Nuggets bounce back and win it back-to-back. You know, we haven't really seen that in a while. But, you know, until it's someone dethrones the Nuggets, the Nuggets are the standard. And yeah, and that's what you have to go off of on, you know. And I think at, you, got, you can't re- replicate what Jokic does. You just can't. You know, there's no one in the league that has this basketball IQ that he has, this magical yeah. abilities with the ball he has. But if you can't get a big man who can not limit him, but, like, make it maybe a little more difficult for him, you're doing pretty good. I mean, and we've only really seen a couple guys in the league that make Jokic work maybe a little harder than he would like to sometimes. But even then, he still does phenomenal in those games. So, like, you just got to find a way to slow him down because he's one of those players, Alan, where you can't stop him. You just got to slow him down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think... Kristaps, uh, he has a great chance to do that. Oh, I believe so too. I do, and I even said it when I told my wife, "We got to get this guy," and they did. Probably because they probably listened to my rants and all. <laughs> but they did that. They did. Hey, Boston guys, if you're listening to this, we would love to talk to Kurti Stops about, about his career and how he feels now being on Boston. So if we got some uh, Boston uh, office people listening to us, let's make this happen. <laughs> yes, please, please. Please, it would be wonderful. Well, all right, Alan. I think uh, unless there's more you want to talk about, I think you know we've, we've hit pretty much everything we'd want to talk about today. Um, so I'm going to hit the button here and what what are some final thoughts you got going on today well the final thoughts is just you know what the summer is great just head out listen to us we're everywhere wherever you listen to your the podcast google spotify apple we're there not in reality but we're there in those 24 7 if you missed an episode hey we have about hundreds not 200 something like that i could be wrong <laughs> we haven't listen broken 100 us. yet <laughs> yeah just listen listen we're always there and and next week hey we're still gonna talk baseball we're still gonna see shohei otani and and also with trade deadline looming are there any international players coming and then plus the draft of the nba is tonight We'll, 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 we will talk about Victor Wembayama going to the Spurs, which that's going to happen, and what it means now that France has could have four players drafted today. Four. So we will talk about that 
in in the coming week. Yeah, and guys, you know, it's not a guarantee we'll see Arias hit 400. But we're pretty darn sure it's going to happen. And maybe that's wishful thinking on our part. But the only thing that stopped Tony Gwynn was the baseball strike. And the way Arias is hitting right now, it's going to take a strike to stop him. Because I don't think the All-Star break is really going to affect him too much, which is happening in a few weeks. So, and he's probably going to be a big part of that All-Star game. And that's only going to help him continue his, his progress. So, guys, we're about to see 400 in baseball by someone from outside the U.S., which is just fantastic. And like you said, Alan, France has got four players that are up for the draft. You know, every country in the world that plays basketball has players up for the draft right now. It's going to be fantastic to see who gets those spots and where they go. The Nuggets have, like, three first-round picks now. They've been making deals for the draft, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We'll talk about that next week, guys. We're going to let this ride out. And be safe out there. Yep. Put it more.